0: Welcome everybody to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek. Joined as always by.
1: This is Big Kurt here.
0: Big Kurt, you on Twitter?
1: I am on Twitter. Big Kurt on
0: Twitter at B1G K-U-R-T. <laughs> and I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. Uh, keep sharing the podcast. If you got a friend, uh, get them to subscribe. Just met a new friend last night, a Wisconsin guy. And a Michigan guy randomly, so we had a Wisconsin, Michigan, Iowa, and Gopher dude sitting around the campfire last night. Uh, so I got, I think, two uh, new listeners to the podcast, and of course, what were we drinking uh, when we were sitting around the fire? No joke, Amador bourbon whiskey. And what it, else would you drink? I'm, oh, they they were trying to force some other stuff that you know had come all the way overseas from London. And I'm like, listen, if you want straight bourbon quality whiskey. You just you just you get it from Kentucky and you get it from Amador.
1: It's the only true American spirit, bourbon.
0: <laughs> so, we have got a big podcast for you here today. Uh, this is our predictions podcast. Uh, Kurt and I are are some sandbagging sons of bitches, right? We wait till almost the last minute, and there's there has been info that's come in in the last couple of weeks yeah. that makes a difference so
1: there's a couple of the, i was actually influenced by some of the injuries last week absolutely My i picks was were influenced. i think
0: we know exactly which team we're talking about but we'll get to that so this is going to be the predictions podcast um then after we get through the some housekeeping the predictions podcast we have got a special guest here again down in the downstairs athletic club Brian, a.k.a. Vegas Sportsbook Guy with Amador Whiskey. Brian, say hello.
2: Good to be here, boys.
0: Fantastic. So, yeah, again, a little bit of outline here. Housekeeping predictions. Then Brian's going to not only talk about Amador Whiskey, A-M-A-D-O-R. He's going to get a little history. It's it's for anybody that's a booze and bourbon person Trust me, I, I I listened to it Thursday evening. It is very interesting, so we hope you stick around, and listen to that after the predictions.
1: And we're going to do a live tasting. We're going to give our feedback on the Amador whiskey, and I can't wait.
0: I, and I would say we can get into the complexity soon. But cheers, boys! Yeah, cheers! All right, cheers, guys! Oh, fantastic! Let right. drink a
1: little slower on this podcast. <laughs>
0: For those that were wondering why the podcast, how did I not... do it with
1: Purdue? It was like okay,
0: <laughs> the last team of the year was on the struggle bus. They might be on the struggle bus for a couple different reasons, but uh, um, if you were wondering why the podcast didn't come out Thursday or Friday like typical, yeah. sometimes there's uh, outside forces that need to be worked through.
1: There's several actually. <laughs> I had some technical difficulties on top of yeah, it no as music well. on the
0: first one, but uh, sorry about that. We're gonna be up and running this time. I have a good feeling from here on out. Yeah. It, hey, that's why we practice in the off-season, right? That's right. So, I mean, you, you try to work out the Kings. But it's so. no
1: longer the off-season. No, it's not. It's game
0: week. That's what I'm saying. Now we're focused. Yeah. That's like kind of the last shakeout, last scrimmage type of thing. Now, now we're dialed in. So, all right. Uh, do we have any housekeeping items to speak of? No, sir. Let's get right into it. All right. So, the one thing I would say, though, about how, housekeeping right now is um, you don't want to be in the housekeeping blotter because I'm going to go ahead and officially or unofficially call this transfer week. I mean, this 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 would be when we would start hearing about dudes transferring and, and taking off.
1: Yeah, but you remember, you can play four games also as in red shirt. So right. it, I would say the first few weeks. One, yeah, that's one, fair. So one thing that we should mention, CJ Stroud did get named the starting quarterback at, Ohio state. Bingo. So there you go. There's your housekeeping.
0: Not the biggest surprise in the world. I think yeah. that was generally considered to be the deal.
1: Right. Yeah. Unfortunately, our listeners can't see this, but this is my shocked face. Yeah. of Him being named. starter <laughs> exactly. At Ohio state.
0: Um, And then uh, we got a great week uh, plan for the eyes on big podcast. Um, We will, uh, we got, uh, I've got four tweets ready to go. Uh, there'll be the all-name team offense, the all-name team defense, and then the 10-year plan offense and 10-year plan defense. So wait for those. You'll see those come and Hopefully, you guys kind of respond. Tell me which ones we missed and whatnot. Maybe the Van Wilder team. The Van it? Wilder team? Yeah, that's Van good. Wilder team. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, And then uh, uh, the other thing we want to bring up, we mentioned it on the last podcast, try to be a little bit more clear and concise, but... Again, teaming up with our partner, Amador Whiskey, A-M-A-D-O-R. We've got two events coming up that we want to tease. Uh, So the first one coming up will be Saturday, August 28th in Champaign, Illinois. Because why? Because it's the opener not only of the Big Ten season, but all of college football. The Nebraska Cornhuskers coming in to Champaign to play the Illinois Fighting Illini. It's a noon game. On uh, Central central Time. Central yeah. Time's on there. There's been some confusion out there this week. We will be there. Uh, I don't think Brian's going to be able to make it there, but Kurt and I will be there. Doug the Carthaginian will also be there, too, for any of you deep Eyes on Big uh, listeners. uh, But we will be at Lot 45, the southeast corner of
1: 4th and Kirby. Yeah, It's actually one block east of 4th and Kirby. One block east of yeah, 4th and One okay. block east but Okay, Lot 45. But You're anyways, not going to miss
0: it. Try to find Lot 45. The other thing that we hope you can't miss is the Eyes on Big... Banner uh, that we teamed up with the eyes on big podcast and Amador whiskey. I will be tweeting out a picture of that banner. Once I put the finishing touches on the uh, uh, goalpost, AKA the one and a half inch diameter PVC. Yes. Uh, uh, presentation that I tried to put together, but you sh- it will be in the back of my truck. Uh, you should be able to see it. I would think from, from most vantage points or that I would think that's so. What we're hoping. So, um, so that'll be the first one. The second one, will be on Thursday, September 2nd. We will be with the Row the Boat crew in the Sky Yuma lot right next to the bank, uh, to the stadium. Special thought out, shout out to Tyler, Ryan, and Danimal with the Row the Boat crew for uh, letting us use their tailgate spot. Otherwise, we couldn't uh, pull that off. And I want to give a special invite out to the Gopher Gridiron Radio people and the people on the 24-7 message boards uh, who have uh, uh, found me interesting as far as my takes on the Gopher team and Iowa team. I mean this 100%. I would love if a couple salty people on those message boards stopped by the tailgate and, and we talk some football. It would be fantastic.
1: I hope so. It, 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 we should invite uh, Ryan Burns as well. Absolutely. I don't know if he could... He's obviously got things to do on game day, but Absolutely. of course, welcome. Ryan
0: Burns, busy dude that day. But if he can stop by, uh, Luke Buer, if you are there and stop by, we would love to have you. Michael House was also on the one podcast that we kind of mentioned. Is Michael so House or Daniel House? I Daniel House. Daniel, Daniel House. What? I, I know a Michael House, so yeah. thank you. So Daniel House. Sorry about that, Daniel. Uh, you guys are all invited to the, again, the uh, Sky U Ma lot. lot. Um, yeah, good stuff. Look right? the eyes on Big Banner. All right. Anything else? Otherwise, I think we just kind of get no, into it. No, I think we're we? ready, man. Try to do this one with the least amount of edits as, as we did before. So, okay. Um, try to quickly explain this through. Um, on a, The very first time we did this, uh, we did our uh, predictions, and we gave all of our reasons all at once. It kind of just – it was like we were just puking out our standings. It was very hard to, to uh, yeah. uh, grasp. So wh- what we're going to do now is we're going to give you our pains and gains, so the good, the bad – Of Each team to give you an idea of where we have them slotted. Um, If we have a little bit more pains that we list off for a team, it's probably a little bit of a a nudge on where we think they're going to wind up on the standings. Um, But then right after we go through that, then we're going to quickly just give, you know, Kurt will give his standings and I'll give mine or vice versa. And then we'll move on to the other side. Right. Sounds good. So in order to determine how we're going to start, we're going to do the very judicial way of flipping a quarter. If it's heads, it's east. I will start first and we'll go back and forth and then I'll do my picks. If it's tails, it's the west. Kurt will do it. Okay. We're ready to go. Here we go. Heads, we're starting out with the East. Okay, all right, and I'm sure you want to be a part of this. The the pre-warning <laughs> that we want to give every single year. Um, unfortunately, not every team in the Big Ten West and East can finish eight and four or better and win the division. We have got to pick the middle teams and the losers. It's unavoidable. There's nothing we can do about it. Well,
1: that. and something maybe many fans don't realize is everybody has to win. And lose a game. There has to be a winner and a loser for every game, right? I believe that's how college football right. works.
0: At least it doesn't the Big Ten. That's you know mostly what I focus on here. So yeah.
1: yeah. So I I guess I, I say this every year. I challenge ever, anyone to do this. Like you have your idea where you think these teams are going to land, but then you actually have to go through and pick the game. Correct. It's a lot harder. and someone's got to be three and nine. Somebody has
0: to be three and nine, or in some cases even worse. Right. Um, I will say this. Uh, that's what I've I've learned that too. I guarantee you three four. Five years ago, when I was first on Twitter, before we started the podcast, I would see people predicting uh, uh, teams, and I would, if Iowa was too low, I would, I I was salty too, and I would get in their mentions, and so I'm not saying I'm I'm telling people not to do that. What I have learned now is to say, what are the reasons why you have this team there and that, because it's more of a conversation piece instead of. You're a bleeping idiot because you
1: you put that bleeping team bleeping there. You know I, I don't know that. And generally, I have like kind of a positive outlook for all the teams. I do too. So then when you have to pick someone to finish three and nine or four and eight, and you're like, boy, I really thought they'd I'd pick them better than. that. But again, every, someone's got to be at the bottom.
0: Yeah, and I and the funny thing is, I would say there's only two teams that I would have a hard time seeing them making a gigantic run at, at anything substantial, their last in each division, to give you a little okay. little hint there. But, uh, you know, another thing, too, is is if somebody says, well, how do you have my team losing to Team Y? Yeah. But then you have them beating Team X. And I'm like, upsets that, happen. That's, there you go. That's how college football right. goes. Like, the, it, we are trying not to be chalky throughout because college football is never chalky. No, throughout. it's never chalky. Yeah. So,
1: all right. I all think right. that's
0: plenty of disclaimers. Okay. Lots of disclaimers, but still kind of fun stuff to talk about. Okay. First up, alphabetical order, since we're going east, is the Indiana Hoosiers. So, my, my, the, the, uh, the gains part before we go to the paint. So, I mean, this honestly, might be one of the best defenses in the Big 10 in the last 5 years. Um so when you have one whole side of the team that looks that good, it is realistic to expect huge things out out of that team. Um they have a quarterback that can make plays, he's he's shown that. They have a program that is very uh, confident in themselves and what they're doing. Like there is a ton of reasons uh, to believe why Indiana would be a very very good team on the other side it's kind of focused but it's pretty much the rushing attack and the running backs I'm not in love with the special teams either um they made such a living last year off of turnovers and how that fueled their offense we're I'm kind of assuming that there's going to be a regression to the mean a little bit. There's still going to be a, t- a defense that forces turnovers because they're such a good defense. Don't get me wrong, but to rely on it as much as they were able to do last year, I don't think is is realistic. And then, dude, this, the schedule is pretty tough. You know, I mean, you got Iowa to start out with, Cincinnati, Minnesota, and then their rival Purdue. Like they it, they got a tough draw out of conference and from the other side. And one thing I forgot to mention is we're going to do ceiling and floor. Of each team very quickly. I have their ceiling at 10 and two and their floor
1: at six and six. Okay. So not a whole lot to add. You pretty much covered everything that I was going to mention, but I just want to mention Michael Penix again and Ty Freifogel. You did not mention Ty. That's, that's a big part of this team. He's, I I think like skill wise, I probably their best player offensively, even better than Penix, I think. So want to give him some, some love, but yeah, that offensive line run game, not great. Got to see improvement there. Ceiling, I have nine and three. Floor, five and seven. Okay. Um, I feel. Because Penix gets injured,
0: dude, and that plays into. And I think I am a high ceiling, low floor guy. Like, if you really think a team can go seven and five, they can probably go five and seven. Yeah. because of something like you just said, correct injury type of deal. So,
1: okay, Maryland, that's you. Okay, moving on to Maryland. The, going through and making these picks, yeah, I, neither of us are real high on Maryland's program overall, but I just look at their skill position talent, and there's there's games that are going to win purely on talent, I think. Yeah. So that's, that's the thing that sticks out for me. Um, it, Payne's line of scrimmage play, just both sides on the line of scrimmage. Can they control the line of scrimmage? And just overall... We've mentioned a lot. Overall coaching, confidence in the coach. He hasn't locks has not proven it yet as a head coach. There there you go. Yep. Ceiling and floor. Okay, so ceiling I got him at six and six. Okay. Floor, I got him at two and ten. Okay.
0: I'm not too far off. Um oh man, can't wait for Hell in the Shell. But yeah, uh uh They got great talent, just like you said. Good quarterback, too, is what uh, I would add. Yes. Schedule could be a positive. They could realistically start 4 and 0 to start this the season and then have a awkward friday night game with Iowa for Iowa coming in like they've got a shot to be 4 and 1 5 and 0 that is there I agree I just don't think that's going to happen because of the things you pretty much mentioned which is I've just never seen locks head a football program into a winning season.
1: I just haven't seen it. And it may happen. Right. But until it happens, I'm going to, I'm not going to be bullish. It's very much a show me type of thing. With that being said, if in the
0: amazing, start to the finish start to the season deal they get to four and oh five and oh four and one something like that i could see them getting all the way up to eight and four wow that's the highest ceiling. Whoa. okay ready for this one because this yeah. is my biggest swing i could also see them going one eleven One, i don't i i that's how crazy i mean when you have talent like that but goofy coaching situations, that's that's where you get the wide swing.
1: So there were times last year when I was kind of impressed with how their offensive line came together a couple games there. So if they can sustain that for the year, I guess, yeah, you might be able to talk me into eight, but I'm still sticking with my six and six. I totally
0: understand that. So that brings us on to Michigan State. So I think the staff has finally had time to get their their guys into place with their system. I think the offensive line can be a little bit stronger than what people realize. I believe they have got good skill position players, especially on the outside. I think they've got enough uh, dudes in the backfield to be pretty good at at running back. So there's a lot of things that you can see there that I think are going to be fun for Michigan State fans to watch on the Payne side. You know, we still just don't know what the quarterback situation is. I haven't heard anything. Um, I am not a big uh, fan of, of quarterback battles uh, to begin with. Then the defense has just – it's got new faces everywhere. You know, like I, I like I, we kind of joked on the podcast, I think there's going to be a lot of Michigan State fans that are showing up to the first game. Like, who the hell are these guys? Like the Cleveland Indians, you know, uh, first day of, of training camp or whatever. Um, and then I do need to see, I like Mel Tucker. The overall direction of the program, I feel good about. He's also shown inconsistency in his career. Big up, big down. Can he make it more of a consistent thing? That, that'll be interesting to see. Uh, so their ceiling I have at seven and five, Combination of just so much newness, but the floor I don't have quite as low. I have it
1: like at three and nine. Okay. Michigan State gains new roster. They needed some new faces, right, from last year. Michigan State pains, new roster. We have no freaking <laughs> idea who these guys are. Yeah. I, I this is I have more questions about this team, I think, than anybody. That is fair assessment. Okay. I but wouldn't fight you on. Here's that. one thing I'm going to say. I I'm calling Peyton Thorne as a starter. Week one, and I'm calling him as the starter all season, okay. and I think that's going to be a good thing for them, consistency. I hope you're right. Ceiling, I'm going 6-6, six and six, floor 3-9. and nine. Okay. All right, so pretty close. Then you are Michigan, sir. Okay, Michigan, here. Gaines, they're still talented. This is a talented roster. We know they recruit well. They have a new defensive coordinator. I, I think – Previously, no defensive coordinator might have been better than what they had the last couple of years. <laughs> now they have a defensive coordinator. We don't know if he's any good. Comes from the NFL. Gonna find out a lot this year about that. Paynes, I think this to me looks like khaki pants weakest roster, maybe since first year. You can probably compare it, probably similar. But since then, he's had better rosters than this. I say this is like a this is a valley year. I think for them in terms of roster. Uh, ceiling and floor? Ceiling and floor. I'm going to go with ceiling, nine, though it's hard to see that. Okay. Floor, five. Five, five and seven. Five and nine seven. Nine and three, five and seven. Okay. Uh, Gaines, like, th- is this is
0: Michigan, okay? There, there's talent on the roster. Do not disagree with you that the overall talent level has is down from where it's been, but there's still talent there. Um, I, I don't know. I I feel like just by going base defense and 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 doing things the right way, I believe we'll see the biggest jump up defensively this year compared to to last. And 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 khaki pants has shown the ability to win 10 games. So it's not like I have to I have to think hard about that being possible. We know it's possible he's done it multiple times. Well
1: in fact how many did he win his first year? He might have won did I think he it win was.
0: I think he took with
1: it. that wasn't a very good roster. It was straight. not
0: so there, there is reason to believe Harbaugh yeah. can still focus down and doing it on, on the pain side. What the hell is going on in Ann Arbor? Like, I just feel like there's helter skelter. We've got, you know, running game coordinators that are quarterback coach, new yeah. coaches. Everywhere. I don't like what they're doing with the coach. It just staff. seems, it just seems weird to me. Um, I believe they've got a, a, a very good talent on the roster at quarterback, but it's a true freshman. And then the, the placeholder is just okay. He's not great. And Cade McNamara, not bad. Um, and then, dude, the schedule is is tough. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like people are glossing over that Washington game way too much simply because it's in the big house. Wisconsin, Northwestern from the other side, there's a lot of, of roadblocks put in there to make this a big season for Michigan. Uh, I've got their ceiling at 10 and two. Mm. I could see it like things come together, but the floor I've got all the way down at five and seven. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. Close there.
0: All right. Uh, Ohio state. All right. Gaines Um, Ryan day, Ryan day, calling plays Ryan day, leading the program, the greatest collection of wide receivers, this side of an, people running NCA 14 on EA sports, where they've gotten like eight of the last nine five-star recruits, because you can do that on the video game. That's pretty much what they're doing in real life, in real life. The overall talent, I think the D line is going to be excellent. I think the offensive line is going to be excellent. little bit of uh, a changeover at running back. But if this is considered a weakness at running back. I, I I don't really see it. I think Travion Henderson and, and Master Teague are going to do just fine as the running back. The pains are real. It's a new quarterback. You cannot know how it's going to be until you see your quarterback, you know, in live play. You know, like we're going to find out. Thursday night next week on what it's gonna look like. And the back seven has got questions. I think the DBs have enough there to to short up, but we have no idea what the linebackers are gonna be. Uh so there definitely is, you know, some goofiness that's that's uh potential there. But overall, um, so ceiling, um, and I probably should have told you this. I I went a step further for a couple teams, but I have fourteen and one NCA runner up. I think they have enough to go 13, 12-0, 13-0, win the Big Ten, win a game in the playoffs. For for me to think this is a team that's going to win it all, I think that's a step too far. But, you know, basically last year, 14-1 runner-ups. And then for floor, I have 11-3. Okay, so getting to the Big Ten championship but losing and then... Uh, not winning the bowl that they don't give
1: two bleeps about, and they lose the bowl to finish 11-3. Okay, I didn't do the extra credit. Not a whole lot to add with gain and pain, but I do want to go a little step further with C.J. Stroud, the quarterback. It's not just that they have a new quarterback. For me, it's breaking in C.J. Stroud those first few games. I could see them stumbling early because everything's so new to him, but I think He's going to be just fine as the season goes on, but I could see him stumbling early. Ceiling, I just went 12-0, no, didn't do the extra credit. Floor, I just can't see them going any less than 10-2. and two. Yeah, it would be hard to imagine that yeah. it would be anything less than that. Um, all right, Penn State, that's yeah, you, Penn brother. State, okay, so the gains. Biggest thing for me, it's not 2020, it's 2021. That's in the past. This is an excellent uh, roster, they recruit Second only to Ohio State in the Big Ten, they do have a good coaching staff. I like Franklin. We've talked about this. He probably does not get enough credit. You got your Sitch now at the offensive coordinator position. They seem or uh, they seem very happy with that development. The pains. The quarterback. Where's the quarterback? I want to. I want an elite quarterback. This is an elite program that recruits elite talent. Where's the elite quarterback? I still haven't seen it from okay. Sean Clifford. Okay. Uh, ceiling floor. Uh, ceiling, eleven and one. I could see eleven and one. I just okay. don't see them overtaking Ohio State at this point. Floor, I'm going eight and four. Okay.
0: Um, my seal. Ce- oh, wait, I got to break down the yeah. Pretty much uh, everything that you just said, I agree. I-, I think the offensive line in skilled positions are among the best in the, the country. I think this offensive line is criminally underrated as maybe you could say for the pass catchers as well. The back seven is really good to potentially elite. So I think there is a ton of things to love there. Um, I don't put Sean Clifford in either the negative or the positive. He's, he's in between somehow, Uh, but I I don't mean
1: to say that he, that he's bad. I just I want elite play. If they're gonna, you know, yeah really so, a- accomplish something, they need an elite quarterback. And that's
0: gonna play into when I do my ceiling and floor because I believe Sean Clifford is definitely good enough to get them to Indianapolis. Okay. I do. Mm, okay. Um but to go much further past that, that's where I feel like I would have to see a lot more. But I another thing on the positive side. I do have a ton of credit in their new offensive coordinator and play caller. I think he's excellent. He's going to unlock a lot of good things for Sean Clifford, but to be the next level, I just haven't seen it. Um, So the ceiling, I have 12-2 and Big Ten champs and losing the first round of the playoffs. So in this case, they would... Uh, Lose a game along the regular season along the way, but still get into Indianapolis. Win the Big Ten at 12 and one. It's good enough to get them into the playoffs, but they lose the first round there on the floor. I know this is crazy, but like six and six, I I could see where the schedule and a couple injuries here and there. You know, we we didn't. I mean, they went they went uh, four and five just last year. That's a losing record. So to go six and six this year points at. It's it's deeper than what than it was just last year. COVID. We you can't you can't say there's no way that's going to happen. I just think that's in play potentially. All right, that gets us to the last team in the East, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. So Gaines, I mean, I know we're going to have this for the for both of them. It's the coaching. It's Greg Schiano. The overall Schiano effect on not only the roster management but just like how this program now feels. Rutgers has a good coach. And you're going to see that this fall again because Greg is a good coach. That's just what I believe. The overall roster, what I kind of just mentioned, it has vastly improved. It's not amazing. It's not among the best, but it's good enough to win football games with. And I trust Noah Vedral a little bit more than I think most people. I don't think he's a Big Ten Championship quarterback, but I think he's a good enough to win games quarterback. And then even when there's potential for for... Two or three losses stacking up. Do you think this team's going to stop playing? Hell no. Shiano's going to keep them chopping. And that's another thing that plays on the pain side. But the roster isn't that good, you know. And Vedril isn't that good. Um, The overall numbers, the total offense, total defense, not great. They need to improve. I think they do, but not enough to have a big season. Now, I'm going to... now, if things re- if you look at the schedule, mm-hmm. right, and things really break down, and love go crazy, their non conference schedule. Okay, though, right, know. right. Yeah, love the, the, they, there could be three wins right there. Absolutely. I seem like I have an eight and four. Wow, for the Rucker Scarlet Knights, because you have to assume. They are rolling. They're, then they they pull off an upset or okay. so. Now the floor I have all the way down at at three and nine okay. because I can also see that too. I'm, I like I said I'm high ceiling. Yeah, you got a low floor. You got a guy. lot of
1: play. Yep. Okay. So <laughs> 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 I, I do. I'm really covered my ass. So uh, uh, yeah, not a whole lot to add. I I want to stress that this is an improving roster. So that's in the gains. And, and the word that I'm using is momentum. They've got momentum. They've got confidence, something they have not had for, a, a, what, good six, seven years, right? Paynes, I am not as high on Vedrill as you are. I think he's a, a marginal Big Ten, like borderline Big Ten quarterback at best. And even though the roster is improving, it's still, if you look up and down the roster, it's still not a good top half. Very thin. Yeah, it's, it's not a top half roster, so it's still not a good roster overall. Ceiling, I'm not quite as optimistic as you. I got six and six. Ooh. I can see that working out. Three and nine is also my floor, though. Okay.
0: All right, so that is it. That's our pains and gains and breakdown. So now we go into the standings. We will start from the bottom and work our way to the top. I will go first at seven. The Maryland Terrapins at one and 11 Oh, and nine in the big 10. That's right. I'm doubling down and saying it again. Like I said, somebody's going to have to lose the game. Every Hell time. in a shell. Come at me. Bro. Come at me, bro. Come Hell at me, bro. Shell. Hell All in right. a shell. Number six. I have the Michigan State Spartans overall five and seven, three and six in the big 10. Tied for fourth, but finishing uh, behind the team that they're tied with. I have the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. I got them bowl eligible at six and six, three and six in the Big Ten, tied for fourth. I have the Michigan Wolverines at six and six. Four and five in the Big Ten. I got them losing to Washington uh, out of conference. I've got them losing to uh, Wisconsin, Ohio State, Penn State, and Indiana. Do any of those losses sound crazy that they would lose those names? Okay. The crazy one I have, maybe a little bit, is I got them losing to Michigan State, which also isn't crazy. It's not crazy. Okay. So I Do I honestly think Michigan's going to go six and six? I'll be honest with you. I don't. But, again, I'm starting. So then I got to take... I got to take losses away from somebody I have more confidence in the teams that are in front of them at three, the Indiana Hoosiers eight and four, six and three in the big 10. I've got them. Losing to Iowa to start the year. I've also got them losing to Cincinnati. I just think that is a tough deal. Their schedule up again, off again. I also have them losing to Penn State and Ohio State. And then uh, winning their last five games of the year to finish a very rewarding 8-4. and Number two, I have the Penn State Nittany Lions at 10. And two, their only losses being to start the year on the road to Wisconsin and to them pesky. Ohio State Buckeyes, which of course gets me to the champs that I'm predicting Ohio State. I sat down to do this and I was like, I'm going to make Ohio State 11 and one and have them lose a game. Who the heck are they going to lose to? I don't know. Like my, my gut feeling is that they're going to finish 11 and one, eight and one in, in the conference. At one point I was going to predict Oregon as the loss. And then I did a little dive on them. They're bringing a freshman quarterback into the horseshoe. I ain't predicting that loss. 12 and 0, nine and 0 going in, going into Indy. That is my big 10 East. Big Kurt, you're up buddy.
1: Okay. Mine's going to start out a little bit different than yours. there, Greek. So at the bottom bottom of the barrel in the east. I have Michigan State finishing dead last. <laughs> this is my shocked face at four and eight, two and seven in conference though. And I, the reason I have them last in this next team above them is because head to head, I believe Maryland is going to beat them and finish sixth in the east. also at four and eight, also two and seven in conference. Now moving up from there, I have the Rucker Scarlet Knights. I'm I'm picking them to finish five and seven, which I think would be a great step forward for them. I have them cruising through non-con and beating Northwestern Maryland in the conference up to f- fourth place. Michigan Wolverines, just like you, Greek, I have them six and six wow. overall, four and five in the conference. If we want to go down through the losses I have lost at Washington or against Washington. At wow. Wisconsin, at Nebraska. I have them losing to Indiana, at Penn State, and losing to Ohio State.
0: So essentially you have the same thing, but I have them beating Michigan – or I have them beating Nebraska, losing to Michigan State, you flip-flop.
1: Correct. Plays. Okay. All right, so moving up to third is the Indiana Hoosiers. I also have them 8-4, and 6-3, and three, and I have them losing to Cincinnati. I'm losing to Iowa, Penn State, and Ohio State. Okay. That would be a pretty good season, I think, for the Hoosiers. I, I, I didn't expect to quite – have them winning that many games but there they are eight and four second place in the conference i have the oh uh, penn state nittany lions 10 and 2 7 2 okay. in conference okay and then of course the juggernaut ohio state 12 and 0 9 and 0 in conference
0: we are identical not only in our standings but the overall record teams 1 2 3 and 4 in the big 10 east and then there's a little bit of, you got Rutgers a step lower than me but your your six and seven teams are flip-flopped for mine and you have obviously Maryland
1: winning a lot more games than I do and again with Maryland I'm just gonna expect I, I just see visions in my head of Rakim Jarrett and Jeshwan for Jones sure. and I, I, I they're gonna they're gonna take someone to the woodshed with that talent I get it I do I get it so that's that's why that's yeah. that's my why
0: I just hope the woodshed is still standing after Locks coaches his way into it. That brings us to the other division, the division that I think is a little bit better at playing college football than what it gets credit for. Uh, but I'll I'll, I'll I'll I digress right now. But the Big Ten West, since I went first in the East, Big Kurt, you start with the first the first team in the alphabet, which is the.
1: Illinois Fighting Illini. I'll we'll start with the gains here. This is an old roster. This is a veteran roster. I mean, they'd probably be somewhere in the middle of the, the the average age for an NFL team. They got eight somewhere in the 18 to 22 super seniors returning, depends on what source you're looking at. I think it depends on walk-ons actually. So I'm going go with 18 scholarship super seniors returning. They have a coaching staff now. They they, they didn't have that before. They have coaches that are actually coaching American football to the players that are playing American football. Those are the gains for me. The pains, there's a ton of them. It's still not a very good roster, let's be honest. New schemes, both sides of the ball. I I do think they'll kind of ease into the scheme. I think they're smart enough to play to the strengths that they have right now. They haven't recruited these schemes. QB depth just scares the crap out of me. If, If Brandon Peters gets injured, just pack it in. Defensive back depth. We get one injury to cornerback again. I just, we're going to be playing true freshmen and walk-ons over there. So a lot of holes in the roster ceiling. If everything goes right, this could, this is a team that could squeak into a bowl game. Six and six is the ceiling for me floor. Everything goes wrong. They could only beat. Utsa and and Charlotte two and 10.
0: Okay. Not much to add. Uh, The gains I have, I just feel like it's going to look better, you know? The, the poop is going to be in a group for the first time in eh, roughly six years or so. It's kind of this... Sh- Wait, are you, are you saying that Beckman had his poop in a group? <laughs> no, so I, should, I should probably go further back than that, I guess. Um, and I've compared it in the past, like, a Shiano effect that, that Beetle just has them just flat-out looking better, uh, uh, you know, lined up where they're supposed to on defense and offense, and because of that, the team just finally utilizes a lot of the talent that I still believe is on this roster. I very much believe in this offensive line. I think the defensive line and linebackers can rotate enough guys to to be good. Um, Running backs uh, maybe kind of getting into the pains a little bit with me. Like I see good running backs. I just don't know if I see difference makers at running back. I do see a difference maker at wide receiver with juice.0, oh, but he's a guy that I've never seen play wide receiver before. So I don't know how that's going to work out. And then also uh, the the overall thinness of the team in some spots, mostly on the outside, right? Wide receivers on offense, uh, D backs on defense. If there's any kind of a rash of injuries there, pow, like things could really fall apart. I have got a ceiling at, like, <laughs> I've got a ceiling at eight and four. I can see it. Wow. I, I mean, I, I believe they can go three and oh. Um, uh, outside a conference um, and then to get to five and four I don't think is insane for their in, inside their conference they get you know Rutgers from the other side Maryland from the other side I don't know you, you, you can't do much better than that to try to pick up extra wins uh, but the floor I've got the same as you all the way down to, to two and ten I mean I, I think they win one in conference and one outside a conference even if it was like a mess but to, to think that that's not possible would be wrong all right, that gets into the Iowa Hawkeyes for the gains. Um, so I don't know if you guys know this, but Iowa leads the entire conference in returning players in all Big Ten awards from last year. So no team is bringing back more
1: define a word like first like, team second team the honorable
0: t- i think it's even honorable mention anybody that no got kidding. mentioned i think they were at 14 players no kidding and i think the next team down is 10 I, it's I did State. not know that it is a thing um so they have got a lot of really good guys that are coming back um like a lot of really good dudes like i there are there is a a quiet confidence with a lot of Iowa fans and then I'm kinda of picking up from the coaches and some of the the media people like this team has looked really good in the preseason for people that have gotten behind the curtain. But on the pain side, I'm gonna to need to see it. Okay. I'm gonna to need to see it out of Spencer Petris. I, I am gonna to need to see the pass pro developed with with the new tackles. Um I feel a little bit better about the pass rush being there, but I have to see that too. And and then the when I talked to him, I kind of tried to make a point of saying really good players, really good. I don't know if there's any dudes, though. Like I I think the only dude is Jack Campbell, and and he's a dude that's still developing. So that lack of just top-level dudes is what uh, uh, concerns me. Ceiling, though, I've got it pretty high. I've got them at 11-1 during the regular season and losing in Indianapolis to finish at 11-2. And whether you want to say they're 11-3 or 12-2 after that with the bowl, that's up to you. The floor, I have all the way down to 5-7. and seven. Um, Petrus is either... Mediocre to bad. Petrus gets hurt. Suddenly, quarterback issues. A couple key injuries here and there, and then you stack that up against a very hard schedule. Five and seven is not out of the
1: question. Okay, so I'm going to add a little bit to the gain side. Obviously, you you uh, laid it out pretty well there. But the running game. I think this is going to be a great running game for Iowa. And and you know, if 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 you have an Iowa team that can hang their hat on a running game, I'm feeling pretty good about them. The line play overall. Uh, we had that great episode with Ryan Burns. Thanks again to Ryan. I disagreed with him on the the how he felt the offensive and defensive lines were going to look. It's just this is what Iowa does. No matter how many guys they put, they they lose. They put in the NFL. That just it, I don't know if they're like a reload type of program like Ohio State, but they're as close to it on the lines of, on the line of scrimmage. They just put. They just put guys in there that they develop. They they recruit to their system. I think they'll be very good on both lines. Now the pains you mentioned Petrus—that's a concern of mine too. We haven't seen him be a good quarterback yet. Also, you mentioned dudes. Where's the dude other than than Goodson on offense? So you lose Amir Smith, Amir Smith Marset, who's looking great by the way for the Vikings, and Brandon Smith. I think they've got. Good receivers. I just don't see great receivers. I think you are gonna have to lean on the the tight end, which they should be able to do. Ceiling. I got them at ten and two. Floor. I can't see them not going to a bowl game. My head would explode if they didn't. So I have six and six. Fair enough. And maybe I should have uh,
0: listed off Tyler Goodson as a dude uh, on offense, but I I hope that's the case. All
1: right, Minnesota. Minnesota, the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Here we go. The gains. First of all, I I think I. Is it fair to say I sing the praises of P.J. Fleck on this? I I think
0: we both handle him fairly.
1: So I know they have adversity right now, and they they had it last year. I have confidence that he can coach him up to a good season. And then you've got maybe the best offensive player in the Big Ten, in in Mo Ibrahim. Yeah, I mean, just give it to Mo. Give it to the bowling ball. Paynes, I had confidence in their wide receiver room. But then Chris Oppmann-Bell got injured. Uh, that really concerns me. If if they get bogged down and don't have a, a good passing game, which they really need, they're they're they have a balanced offense. Right? That's how they survive. You you play one off of the other. If they cannot move the ball through the air, I see teams stack in the box and things could really get bogged down offensively. That's my concern for Minnesota right now. Ceiling, I don't think they have. There's too many questions for me to s- say they're going to win the West when we're going to get to our predictions, but I got them at nine and three as a sailing floor. This is another team. I don't see them not making a ball game. So I'm going six and six for the floor. All right. Yeah. A lot of the
0: same stuff, obviously for the gain side, uh, Mo Ibrahim, but really Mo Ibrahim and the whole rushing attack, the whole, I mean, they've got, you know, approximately 22 offensive linemen with starting experience and most of them are really good. So I, it would be hard press for me to, to see them not be in the top two or three for rushing attack in the conference. Any team that you th- have that much faith that is going to be good at running the ball in the Big Ten, you have to have faith that they're going to finish the season in a pretty good place. And I and I do that with Minnesota. Um, they have an experienced quarterback. Tanner Morgan has seen it all. Like, he's, he's done it. We've seen him do it. Uh, and then I believe the defense will be improved. It is going to be a better defense as compared to last year. By the way, this defense did look better even at the end of last year. And I think it takes another step up with that. But that also kind of gets me into the pains. I don't see any dudes on the defense. Maybe Pinckney at defensive tackle. Definitely Boye Mafe in the pass rush. But we got to leave him on the field to to defend against the run. I just don't see him doing that very often or very well. Um, the secondary got exposed quite a bit last year. Again, I think it's going to be improved, but not enough difference makers that it's considered a big-time strength. And it's kind of same thing with the linebackers. You know, I, I do think they're going to be improved, but I, I have got to see... We, we have got to see a categoric rise on the defense across the board, all three levels. That is tough to pull off in one year to be that much higher. Special teams, I mean, like... Their special teams have looked poo poopoo for ever since PJ got there. Now, I think they shorted up with a place kicker um, um, that they brought in from, from Kent State. So that's something to be positive about. But again, need to see it in a big time setting. And it needs to be something that I see consistently. So ceiling, I've got a little bit higher than you their ceiling I have at 10 and two with a loss in Indianapolis. I think that's about the highest I could see them their floor. Oh man, get ready to kill me, but four and eight. Okay. And again, where does that come from? It comes from a categoric meltdown. If Mo Ibrahim goes down, I just don't see the bell Mm -hmm. cow. So you take one player out for me, then the receivers that you just talked about when, when Chris Hobbin Bell went out suddenly, There was nobody there to scare me. And I think Dylan Wright is a talent, but I think there's something holding Dylan Wright, getting on the field, knowing the offense, whatever it is. All of a sudden you take the best running back off this team, and then suddenly they can't move the ball because of the thinness. Do I think it's going to happen? No, but that's the potential to the floor and how they could get all the way to four and eight. All right. That brings us to Nebraska. Nebraska which is me. Right. Okay. Um, the gains. I believe the defense is going to be really, really good. Um, speaking of super seniors they're they got super seniors all over the place in, in this, on this defense. They have got a very experienced quarterback as, as experienced of a quarterback as any quarterback in the big 10. And then their skill positions on offense, I believe are very much improved. The raw talent, right? Like, get them in a 40-yard dash, you know, three-cone drill, stuff like that. They have got really impressive athletes on the outside of the offense that that I think they can unlock. The pains, though, is a lot. It's the schedule. Um, I have never seen Scott Frost have a good and consistent team at the Power 5 level. I do not trust this offensive line. It is one of the more mediocre offensive lines I think in the entire Big Ten West, that one it, it, and the thing is, it, I I still believe it's improving, but the a lot of the offensive line talent outside of the center position, with Cam Jurgens that I trust, I don't I there there's I got to see a lot of that, and then just the the lack of identity on offense. I believe that Scott Frost is still melding what he used to want to do to what he know he has to do in the Big Ten West to win games. And I don't think he's there yet to understand how that's going to go. And then when you try to do that, you're going to be relying on who freshman running backs and then another freshman running back and then wide receivers that we've never really seen do it. Good tight end room, but that's even took a hit as far as the health. There's just too many question marks on the offense. So the ceiling I have at eight and four, I just don't see enough coming together here to get them to Indianapolis and the floor I have, a number that we've seen out of Scott Frost before is four and eight. Uh, all those things that go wrong, things that that go that that never materialize with the skill position players against that schedule that is so tough, four and eight.
1: Okay, I'm gonna add a little bit to the defense. Wanted to talk about Eric Chenander and how his defense keeps improving every year. This should be the best defense he's fielded. I think this will be the strength of the team overall. I think it's probably the best roster they've had in several years probably the best roster they've had in the at least in the Scott Frost era and they seem confident with the roster this is look I'm taking a little jab at Nebraska fans here their wide receivers are really tall that's got to be good for something right as far as pains I haven't seen it yet from you you kind of I haven't seen it yet from Scott Frost now I do think he's improving I have questions about the offensive scheme but I think he's improving that you mentioned identity I'm gonna, gonna agree with you there but I think he hasn't really figured out like the play calling e- completely yet. I think he's getting there. And then I'm going to throw special teams in there. Another another program that just seems to have that Achilles heel every single year. Until I see it, I'm going to question it. I do think because of the roster overall and because it's an improving program, I think I can see them going eight and four as a ceiling floor. I think they're too good to win less than five games and going five and seven. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to the Northwestern Wildcats, my favorite team out of Evanston, Illinois, Gaines, they're Northwestern. Gaines, they have Fitzy. Gaines, their entire staff is excellent. Gaines, their system, whatever it is they do. The more Gaines, the wizardry. Like it's it
0: Brian, you just hear how much he's trying to appease the Fitzy Northwestern gods uh, right Of now? course.
1: Because when we start doing our picks, I might get struck by lightning. Okay, now the pains. Oh Lord, there are so many. There's like if if this was Illinois, I'd be like, oh, one in eleven. You know, there's no no chance. I I I heard that Hunter Johnson was the starting quarterback, and oh my, my eyes popped out of my head. Wide receivers, who's if he's capable. Who's he throwing the ball to? I don't know. Then Cam Porter goes down. They have an offensive lineman goes down. It, the entire defense just about is new. They have the with Cam Porter out. I'm I believe they have the lowest returning production in college football. Yeah, from I, I, is my guess because they were right down there before that. So, but at the same time, my ceiling is they're going to a bowl game in seven and five. Okay, I can't see him. It just. There's not enough to be better than seven the five and, and oh no. All right, whoa, Wait, whoa. Look. <laughs> okay. But uh, and so, floor Look, they finished three and nine a couple of years ago, right? right? We saw that. Three and nine's my floor. Oh god. I know. I know it.
0: Man, that is you're 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 surprising me, sir, today, a couple of things. All right. I tried um, to
1: talk myself out of it. <laughs>
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, Gaines. I mean, pretty much the same stuff, right? Just the Fitzy effects, Their overall team intelligence. They're going to be in the right place and and do. They're going to maximize everything they can out of the defense and parts of the offense. They're not going to make mistakes. All that stuff. The 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 pains are there. Many. I mean, like I, you know, I. I have, we have great respect obviously for Fitzy. We jokingly, but in in seriousness, I mean, he's obviously proven himself to be an amazing power five uh, coach, but like, you know, you, you cannot make, you know, a a lump of coal into, into a diamond overnight, you know, like even, even Fitzy on what I believe he has to work with at quarterback and pass catchers and now running back with Cam Porter going down, like, I know he's a great coach, but like you have to have a baseline level. Uh, maybe I was wanting to see things that I wanted to see. But when I saw their camp tour on the Big Ten Network, it looked like they were noticeably slower than all the other teams I saw on my screen. Like it looked like they were running in mud for, for their speed that I saw. I felt like you, the crew kind of alluded to that, but without actually saying it, I think it's potential that that they would take a step back from where they were last year with that ceiling nine and four with a loss in the big 10 championship, (laughs) right? They lose out of conference. Of course. Right. They somehow, they somehow go seven and two in the league and win. And they get there with a, with a shitty looking, you know,
1: can I uh, add a nine and
0: three record? And then they get swamped in the big 10 championship to finish nine and four. Okay. And then they win their bowl game over some team that doesn't, isn't going to take them seriously. Right. And they Finish the year 10 and four. Tell me that's not possible right now. It's possible. By the way, the floor I have six and six because I just don't see them. It, they're not going to be bad enough to be that bad because he okay. was like, when they went, when they were horrible two years ago, he was like, you will never see that out of our team again. I'm believing what he's saying. Six and six to the floor.
1: Can I? I I want to add a disclaimer, and it's not going to matter anymore because it's going to be out of context of the conversation that I already had. But you mentioned you can't turn a lump of coal into a diamond overnight. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so that's this is all a setup for next year. Okay. Or that's how I think. Or
0: and this will come into my predictions how they're going to look by the end of the year this year.
1: Maybe. Okay. Okay. Moving on to Purdue. I'm Purdue. Oh, you're Purdue. Go for it.
0: All right. Uh, Gains, wide receiver David Bell and defensive end George Colastus. Pains.
1: <laughs>
0: right? Dude. I, I, that's exactly what I have. For real. David Bell and Carl The That is the only two things that I feel 100% confident about. And
1: I used to be so confident, in, and sorry to step on your toes here, yeah. in Brown's play-calling ability, and that seems to have disappeared. Or I, I still think Jeff is is a
0: good play caller, yeah. It but, but it's, it's, but he can't unlock it because of the roster management yeah. past. So I, I, like we used to think you could, he could, he could toss a lump of coal out there and he would turn it to a diamond overnight for quarterback. I just don't feel that way no. anymore. now cause I feel like he's jerked him around too much. The rushing attack is, is border. I mean, it's awful. It's the worst rushing attack in the big 10. And I, I don't really think there was any competition by the end of the year, last year, the overall consistency, on the offense, and then brother, take a look at that schedule, man. That schedule, I, like
1: I still don't understand why no they sense. schedule two Power Five teams out of camp. It makes no sense, it, to it, me. I, and they've been like, doing it for years.
0: Brom was trying to feed that line of BS about the, we want that that he don't want. That. Like he knew it was already on the schedule, so that's what he had to say inside his office. He uh, hook him up to sodium pentothal. He's like, "Why in the bleep are we playing Notre Dame, Oregon State, and at UConn?" Why are we doing that in the non-conference? That makes no sense. With that being said, if if everything comes together and the quarterback play looks like it did two years ago or even three years ago, um, the schedule doesn't wind up being – the non-conference doesn't wind up being as hard as we think because Oregon State and UConn wind up being Oregon State and UConn, Okay. Everything kind of comes together. They get Iowa again, you know, when, when nobody's expecting it. They squeak out another one. I can see seven and five. Wow. That's the highest I could, okay. I could get the floor. I got it low. I mean, two and 10 is what I could see, uh, you know, possibly going winless in the Big Ten. That, that
1: stuff's possible. Okay. I'm going to add one to the gains here. Samson James. I think that's a good addition to this, but this roster, but is he going to have any running lanes? I, and, and I guess that I'm already just going to get into pains. Line of scrimmage, just line of scrimmage play on both sides. They don't do it well. If you're not if you not playing well in line of scrimmage, it's hard to get the football out to your playmakers. It's hard to get running lanes for Samson James of the world. So, ceiling, I just don't see a bowl team here. But I could see them squeaking out five wins. Five and seven is my ceiling. Floor is two and ten. Okay. Same. Okay. All right, on to the Wisconsin Badgers. Gaines, they're the Wisconsin Badgers. It's kind of like Northwestern. We know the defense is outstanding. It's going to be spectacular yet again. Uh, They're going to have a good offensive line. It's going to be just fine. I know people have questions. It's kind of like Iowa. They're going to be just fine in the offensive line. Uh, Paynes, Graham Mertz hasn't shown it to us yet. Do I think he's going to play well? Yes. Do I think he's going to... Good quarterback, yes, but he might be a bad quarterback. We just don't know. We saw him play very poorly at times last year, and I can't believe I'm saying this. I just have questions about the running back room. I, 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 I can't believe that just came out of my mouth because I never have questions about the running back room. Jalen Berger is now dinged. We got Che Louis. We don't know if he's going to be any good or not. But yeah, the the I have questions there. Even though I have questions, the ceiling's eleven and one. Okay, and I would say. Loss in the loss in the championship game is their ceiling floor again. It's just Wisconsin. I don't see them winning less than eight games. Eight and four is my floor. We're pretty similar here. Um,
0: As far as the gains, I know you already mentioned it, but I want to like re-mention and reinforce it. I believe this defense has a chance to be absolutely elite, like literally the best defense in college football, if not the big 10. Like, in fact, I pretty much expect it to be the best defense in the big 10. Um, the offensive line was not good last year, or at least not up to Wisconsin standards. It's not going to happen two years in a row. I I think it's going to be a a good offensive line. They have too much talent in the room, along with it just being Wisconsin. Um, I have a big boost in Paul Chris being the play caller. Now he's going to pull out those bleeping play action passes when you least are expecting it. To pop big plays, he's gonna unlock Graham Mertz's. I don't know if Graham Mertz's ceiling is as high as it was once considered. Okay, but I believe he's a better quarterback than what we saw at last at times last year. So it's just going to look better. And yeah, it's it's crazy, but like the 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 overall consistency and elite talent level of Mertz, I I, I don't think it's there. The pass catchers are pretty good. Um, but Danny Davis is dinged up right now too. That's, that's, that's another one. Um, burger is dinged up. Um, there, there are some concerns on exactly how explosive this offense could be, but they're Wisconsin. So they'll magically stay healthy the entire year because that's what they do. But the lack of top level running back stops them for me to getting up to that, that, that top level with that being said, if things break perfectly, okay, and Che-Louis uh, and, and che is going to – I'm going to steal that because that's too good. I love um, it. It's fantastic. Che-Louis has a chance to be that guy that we're talking about. So could he could be. He could unlock this, yeah. that offense. Um, so, to me, the ceiling would be 12-1, and Big Ten champion, beating the team from the East, okay. losing in the college football playoffs to finish 12-2. and The ceiling – I just cannot see this defense allowing him to lose less than eight games. Eight and four is the ceiling. They would win the bowl game, of course, and finish nine and four, because that's what they do. Correct. So you are up first for the standings. Okay.
1: So dead last we, you know, beating a dead horse here. I'm not going to go into it any further. Purdue Boilermakers, I have them at three and nine overall. I have them at one and eight in the conference. With their one conference win being Michigan State moving up to position six, I have the my Illinois Fighting Illini finishing at four and eight overall, two and seven in conference. I have their conference wins being Purdue and Rutgers. Just ahead of them is the Northwestern Wildcats, also at four and seven. Also, I'm sorry, four and eight, two and seven, but beating Illinois head to head, so finishing ahead of them in the standings. At th- uh, fourth place is the Nebraska Cornhuskers. I got them at a solid seven and five record, five and four in conference. Moving up to third place, I've got the uh, Minnesota Golden Gophers at eight and four, finishing five and four in conference, losing head to head to Iowa. Iowa finishing at nine and three, good for second in the conference, seven and two overall. Let's see. Looking at the losses in conference, I got them losing to Penn State. I got them losing to Wisconsin, and finishing atop the Big Ten West. Your Wisconsin Badgers at ten and two overall, eight and one in conference. Eight and one conference. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're pretty similar
0: here. Um, seventh place, I have got the Purdue Boilermakers at four and eight, two and seven overall. Um, so I got them starting with two wins versus Oregon State and UConn. I looked up Oregon State. Oregon State, it's, it's they're pretty bad. And they get them at home. That's a long trip. Yukon's awful. Then after that, mm. okay, I've got a, cr- but okay, this is where I get crazy. Cause I think it's just going to be a crazy year in the big 10 West. Like anybody can be anybody type of deal. So I tried to do that. So in I agree. my agree here. Okay.
1: okay. I'm sorry, but I, I want to pre, no, it's fine. I- one thing I guess I haven't gotten through yet on the cast is every team in the West has issues. Every team Very has holes. So. so there's no way I'm, I'm predicting, Eight. I get it. Okay. Continue.
0: So, and then crazy stuff, right? Okay. So to go back again, they, so they get, they get two out of three, uh, non-con Oregon state at UConn lose to Notre Dame. Then I've got them beating Minnesota for where it falls on the schedule for Minnesota. It's at home. And then Michigan state, which I don't think is crazy. That's, that's where they wind up, at. um, in, uh, what would be a four-way tie, for, or excuse me, a three-way tie at fourth place, but finishing last out of the fourth place team is your Illinois fighting Illini. I have them at three and six in conference, but six and six overall beetle hammering that three and a half point total going over. I, I, they can beat UTSA, Virginia and Charlotte. Okay. Virginia makes me nervous. UTA uh, makes me nervous, but
1: I, I don't see them beating Virginia, but, continue okay
0: but if they do I have them losing to Nebraska um but then ripping off five wins in a row right after that okay Wisconsin Penn State Minnesota Iowa Northwestern but beating Rutgers I mean it's, nothing none of that is crazy no to it's me it's not crazy at all so I am leaning on two things the overall coaching bump a lot of just proven dudes that finally pays through for a great year no a six and six year. I'm also no, that's that a date. great year for us. <laughs> well, you get to define that. Not me uh, finishing in fourth place, but the second out of fourth place teams, the Northwestern Wildcats. Um, I've got him at six and six, four and five overall. I've got him losing at Duke and to start the year against Michigan state, since it's on the road, but beating Indiana state and then losing four in a row at Nebraska Rutgers At Michigan and Minnesota. Gee, what would make more sense than a wounded, falling apart Northwestern team, but then beating Iowa at home, getting Iowa, and then beating Wisconsin, Purdue, and Illinois to catch fire at the end of the year (sighs) to finish six and six, go to a bowl? (laughs) Tied also for fourth. That's actually perfect. Right? Yes. Okay. I literally tried to make this into a drama, and that's how I believe it would wind up. A drama that's that's actually a horror for me personally. <laughs> I think it's a horror for everybody sitting at this table. All right. Uh, fourth place, in the actual fourth place, the Nebraska Cornhuskers. I've got at six and six, four and five overall. I've got them with a healthy start to the year, beating Illinois, Fordham, and Buffalo. Getting beat by Oklahoma, but challenging them more than what people think they would. Then they beat Michigan State and Northwestern, and uh, uh, Nebraska is sitting there at one, two, three, four, five, and one. Holy cow! Scott Frost has got the monkey off his back. Then they get beat by Michigan. They lose to their nemesis on the road again with PJ. They squeak out a win versus Purdue, but then the trio of games at the end of their schedule, Ohio State at Wisconsin and a beat-up team can't close out the Hawkeyes, but they do go to a bowl and finish 6-6. Six and six. The third-place team, I have the... Minnesota Golden Gophers at 8 and 4 overall, 5 and 4 in the Big 10. I've got them lo- I got them losing pretty handily to start the year at Ohio State. They don't look great versus Miami of Ohio, but beat them, they bully Colorado. They absolutely destroy Bowling Green, feeling good, and then an inexplicit an lo- explicit loss on the road. At Purdue, that's pissed as hell on how that game went down last year. And then they rip out four more in a row. Nebraska, Maryland, at Northwestern, and Illinois. But they can't get the Kinnick monkey off their back. Losing at Iowa. Losing at Indiana. Gopher fans are feeling bad. But I've got them beating Wisconsin to take the ax. Wisconsin starts the year out with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine wins in a row with wins over Iowa, Michigan, Notre Dame, Penn State. They are rolling along, but they stub their toe, which they have shown to do in the past, versus Northwestern. Northwestern gets them. They kind of bully around Nebraska. They've already got the Big Ten West title cinched up, but they lose on the road to the Gophers to finish ten and two and seven and two in the conference. Wow. OK, so I, so I did some I did some I tried to do some crazy stuff,
1: but I think we had the exact same order of finish. Right.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Exact same. And then just like we did in the East, our top four teams
1: not only are in order, we have them at the exact same record. Wow. That's amazing. So our only so listeners our only different. We, I, I promise we do not get we do not. Brian, can you coordinate it? ahead of time? No, no, no. no, this is okay. So we've both got Ohio
0: State and Wisconsin. Getting to the yes. getting to Indianapolis. I'm assuming we both have Ohio State beating Wisconsin,
1: 33 to 17.
0: Yeah, I think I had some it cut my score off, but I think I had something like I had like 31 to 17. Okay, I think, I think it would be like two
1: points off. What would two you, total I didn't even points off? To what you said what I said just
0: 33 17. I <laughs> <laughs> literally did. I think I have to pull up. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't think Ohio State will score as many points as you think because of the well, Wisconsin it's the defense, defense. Their defense, yeah. but but um, a little bit too one sided of an offense, and I think Ohio State yeah, can fix it so. on it. So. Yeah man all that work with the insiders shout out to all the insiders that we lean on for some insider information i and mean now we've
1: got an insider from maryland yes hell in a shell yes we do so we're finally, and he's gonna give us hell in a shell yes he is or you no, or he's you, gonna you baby. he's gonna in fact he's gonna be pissed at you but he's he's gonna be
0: nuclear when he finds out <laughs> well he's face. gonna ignore me <laughs>
1: Yeah. Even though he's going to be pissed at me, he's am, still going
0: to ignore me. I am literally the Maryland Lightning Rod of yeah, this podcast. Are. So, all right, that brings us to our last segment of the podcast. Uh, this is our first bourbon-specific uh, portion of the podcast. Even though we've talked enough about <laughs> bourbon on the podcast, every it,
1: every segment's a bourbon segment, <laughs> but this is the first bourbon only segment um uh
0: so well first and foremost so brian vegas sportsbook guy uh introduce yourself as as much as you want to
2: yeah so a local guy here gopher fan um like jeff said um you know we've we've talked about this for a while um and what you guys have done over the years, you know, you've established yourself with your listeners um, as a as a, as bourbon guys, right? Right. So it just seemed natural to to bring this all together and to to finally have it all coming together is is pretty cool. So, um, uh,
0: truth be told, Brian and I know each other pretty well yeah, in the yeah. in the regular world, even when we're outside the downstairs athletic club. So we had been scheming and think thinking about it for a while, but uh, awesome that it was able to make it work. Before we get into the bourbon, how how do we do? On the picks, you're you're a Gopher fan. You're a listener. Give us a couple highs and lows thoughts. You know, I mean, your overall
2: picks for the Gopher. My Gophers are there. Um, you know, I I got them at nine and three. Okay. So, but you know, hearing some of those losses is still pretty painful. I know. We'll get through it. I mean, it's it was it was fun to watch you guys live at the downstairs Athletic Club here. So
0: appreciate that. It's pretty cool. Okay. So um, first thing I that I think we've already gotten. A little bit of traction and 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 questions from people mm-hmm. out on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I appreciate everybody that's that's already thrown, you know, the Amador whiskey mm-hmm. around again. A M A D O R. The most common question that we get is how do I get my hands on some of the bourbon? So I would say start there before we get too deep in anything else. Well, we're
2: just rolling these new expressions of Amador whiskey company company out nationally, and and you hear me say expressions. Uh, we'll get into that, but. Really, we wanted to jump into this before football season started, you know, from a company perspective, we're in the early stages, we're just getting it going out uh, distribution nationally. So you'll be able to find that. Um, But the partnership, you know, we wanted to roll that out um, before football season started. So we're excited to get going with you guys. And We're going to ask the listeners, you know, and I've already got it. You know, you guys talked about this on the last podcast. I've already had people reaching out to me, which is, which is really, really cool. This is small batch whiskey. Okay. So we don't make a million cases of this stuff. You're not going to find it in every single store. We want the listeners to go ask for it, go to your local shop where you buy your bourbon, ask for it.
0: And and, and I just want to interject there. Um, I remember, I think it it was probably you. I mean, I've known you for Mm -hmm. over a decade now, but, um, I think you had you were the one who said if you if your local liquor, liquor store doesn't have something, just ask them, they'll probably get it. There's a liquor store, you know literally mm-hmm. a half mile from my house. Mm-hmm. So that was the first time I'd ever done that before. Yeah He could not have been more receptive to it. If, if they believe somebody is gonna come in and buy a yes. product, they are more than happy to bring it in. Um, if it sells pretty quick for them, they'll turn around. So I, I just want to make it's not that big a deal. To have
1: your local liquor store to to bring something in. Okay, so we have listeners throughout the country. We've never yeah. broken down on the podcast. We should probably do that sometime. Like how where our listeners are coming from? It's literally the whole country. So you're saying that this is a nationally distributed yes. product, or will be? It will be. Yep. Okay, great. Absolutely. So you know, to your point, Jeff,
2: you go to your local store, you ask for amador whiskey. If you're on Twitter, you guys will be posting images. You know, if you need to pull the bottle shot, what does it look like? Especially with bourbon, you know, these guys that work at these at these liquor stores and whiskey shops, you know, they want to hear about new stuff, too. If they've never heard about this before, they're going to be intrigued. So uh, go for it. Ask for it. If you're on Twitter, look for it. Um, Send me a message too. send the guys a message. We will help you that, you know, we'll we'll take it a foxhole to foxhole approach. And and give us your Twitter handle. At Vegas Sportsbook Guy, which, by the way, uh, that's just a hobby for me. Okay, yeah. I'll leave the picks to you guys. I've proven myself in the past. That's not my expertise. I'll be
0: the whiskey guy. I'll leave the picks to you guys. I like that. Um, all right. So when you were here Thursday evening, mm-hmm. and was which was the unveiling of the uh, banner, which was – fantastic uh, to quote uh, Beetle it was borderline erotic when <laughs> when Brian showed up with that banner in the, in the four bottles of Amador um, so then we you kind of went into... Uh, the history of Amador, but you tied it into what it takes to be considered a bourbon, Mm -hmm. how you guys are unique and how this double barrel bourbon is made. I think that is the part that Mm -hmm. the listeners are going to find the most interesting. I don't go for it, wherever you want to go. Yeah.
2: Well, first off on that too, um, I encourage people to, to come to these live tailgates with you guys. Uh, There may be some Amador there hint, hint. Um, So good opportunity for you to, to maybe taste it if you had never had before. So, Um, but yeah, you know, it's in, in the bourbon world or in the whiskey world in general, you guys might've heard it before. They say all bourbon is whiskey, but not all whiskey is bourbon, right? There's scotch, there's Irish whiskey, there's Canadian whiskey, there's bourbon, there's American whiskey. Well, what does it take to, to be a bourbon? There's laws behind it, you know, just like there is everything, uh, the high level of it is it's gotta be made in America. Okay. This is America's spirit. It's bourbon been around since the late 1700s. You know, it wasn't defined as bourbon until the mid 1800s. Government put some regulations in place in the 1960s to to establish what you have to do to be considered bourbon legally. And what goes with that is there's something called the mash bill, okay? Think of that as the recipe that goes into- Spell spell that out. It's M-A-S-H, bill, so- Mash bill, Bill, mash bill. So that's the recipe essentially that goes into bourbon to be legally defined as bourbon it's got to be 51% corn base, okay? What goes into whiskeys, it's it's corn, it's malted barley, it's rye, it's wheat, you know, it's that's what whiskey is, okay? It's a, it's a fermented distilled grain essentially. So, for bourbon it's got to be 51% corn. On top of that, it's got to be aged at least 2 years in new charred American oak barrels. What does that mean? That's what gives it that color that bold flavor. It's got like a sweet vanilla flavor. Okay. Those are the big two. There's a couple more, but those are the big two that, that define what bourbon
0: is. So let me, okay. So I believe there is a misnomer. You tell me if I'm wrong, but um, you don't have to have the bourbon created in Kentucky specifically for it to be bourbon just in the United States. Think of it as,
2: you know, if you're a wine drinker, Napa Valley with wine, Kentucky is the birthplace. It's the Mecca where good bourbon is made. Okay. It doesn't have to be from Kentucky, but that's where all bourbons, all the great bourbons have have started and where the birthplace was and is today. For sure. I mean, you've got you know, anywhere that can grow corn. You've got Iowa, right? You know, Minnesota here. We've got local whiskeys, local bourbons. It's a definition to put on the label as bourbon, it's got to be 51% corn. Corn gives it that sweetness in the whiskey that people look for
0: okay so it doesn't have to be from kentucky but no. it does have to be made in the usa correct okay it, by the way alaska and hawaii count <laughs> on, on how that goes that's, you <laughs> know what i i
2: don't know i know a lot about <laughs> whiskey i'm not too up to speed with the and hawaii <laughs> whiskeys but hey that's the beauty of it right we're always learning something okay. so i'll dive yeah. into that I guess. and i just i find that
0: <laughs> i find that interesting that um long time ago there was some sort of you know rules put into place to so that yeah. countries could have ownership on something. Because mm-hmm. as me and you have joked before, you know, like we, we always have the rule, uh, only visit two countries in a night. <laughs> so I typically start, I start in Italy, which is wine. And then I, I finish in the USA, which is Kentucky. <laughs> Don't ever visit three, three countries in a night. If you take a trip down to Mexico, right. To too. get around. <laughs> Yeah. don't do it <laughs> but anyways guess. when you think of a liquor for the united states to it's me bourbon. it's bourbon it's bourbon
1: man. okay so you you mentioned at least 51 percent corn you mentioned uh two years aging mm-hmm. freshly charred american oak barrels i believe it has to be in a bond facility mm-hmm. what about like okay maybe not bonded anyway. well yeah i mean it,
2: it goes deeper bottled and bond stuff like that there's 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 different rat holes so to speak you can go okay that's the bare minimum okay then it's up once you do that and you want to be a bourbon then it's up to the the distiller to do what they want with
1: it. well but my next question is is there a a requirement on the alcohol percent or like a a sweet spot that you have to be in for alcohol Mm -hmm. percent
2: yeah there's certain proofs that it has to start in and in certain proofs it has to finish in there's that range there too so there is legal definitions that go into that um but those whiskey guys you know they'll know those those main factors that go into what's what's defined as a bourbon. Next time you're in a you're in a shop, you know, and you're looking at the whiskey section. I mean, you're going to see American whiskeys. You know, they might taste like bourbon, but to be legally defined, that's that's what goes into bourbon. And I mentioned earlier, you've got corn, you've got rye, you've got wheat, right? Every single piece of those make a difference in the bourbon, right? The more corn that's in it, it gives it that sweeter flavor. Okay.
0: Yeah. And and, as, wheated, and I just want it from my point of view. Um, I mean, the first brown liquor I ever had mm-hmm. was some form of whiskey. I have no idea yeah. what it was. And I, I have to say, I never really liked it. I think the one whiskey that I kind of liked was Crown, you mm-hmm. know? But I never, like, really liked it.
2: Canadian whiskey.
0: Okay. Yep. Um, and then at some point, um, somebody said, you know, have you tried bourbon? I think I was in mid to late 20s, something like I don't know what yeah. it was. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I like this. Why? Why do I like this so much better than Crown? And somebody at some point says, "Well, it's bourbon; it's sweeter." So to hear you explain it because of the corn and the fact that I grew up right in between the middle of cornfields just makes me like bourbon that Absolutely. much more. So higher percentage of of corn fifty one percent is what the minimum has to be. What is what's what's high though? Like what's the highest you would t- you would ever see for a percentage of corn for a bourbon?
2: I mean, there's a you know the, the biggest. Uh... I'd say whiskey company in the world is, is a high corn, um, mash bill. And you know, the wheat that goes into it, that gives it that softness. Okay. Our Amador double barrel Chardonnay finish here that we'll talk about. It's a weeded bourbon. So some of the most famous whiskeys in the world, you know, Pappy Van Winkle, right? That's a weeded bourbon. Okay. There's different styles. then you have your high rye, your rye whiskeys. Okay. They're called rye whiskeys. They're not called bourbon. Why? because they have high rye in them, right? They don't have that 51% corn. So there's that, and that's what's so cool about bourbon and whiskey. It's this never ending uh, journey that you go down, right? And it's so cool to see how it all comes together. They might age them in barrels for 10 years, right? They might take those those barrels and and put them in Chardonnay barrels, or Cabernet barrels, like we do. You know, they, it's it's just so cool to see how how it's unique all, it is. If I was to make
0: a stretch for comparisons, it'd be like different ways to run a football program. You know, you 100%. you can have one that's more uh, uh, leans on defense and special teams, but, and you know, that's like changing up. Well, we only have, uh, the, you know, our bourbon in the barrel for two years, but yeah. we have a higher corn content than the next guy can say we got a lower corn content. We, we keep it in the, the barrel. I don't know that. That's what is so interesting to me about bourbon is all those different things and ways you can, you can mess around. With yeah. it's
2: it. good compared to football, right? You got your bare minimums. You got to play offense, you got to play defense. And from there, how you want to do that? that's up to you, right? Yeah. It's, kind of, it's kind of the same deal with whiskey. So it's it's pretty cool. So super excited to, to have this partnership with you guys. Like we said before, it's, you know, we've been having this conversation for a long time. We wanted to get this going before football season for obvious reasons. We're going to be doing a lot of uh, evolving social media. We're getting our website updated too, which is going to help the listeners eventually be able to find this easier. But until then, we're here to help everybody enjoy it, and it's really been cool to see just from the last episode, to see everybody reaching out how excited they are. So I like to say a good bourbon goes great on game day when your team wins. A good bourbon also goes <laughs> great on game
0: day when your team loses. Yeah, it can help in both ways. Bourbon um,
2: pairs great with, with bacon, which I expect to eat a lot of on November 13th. <laughs> I'll just put you there. So
0: <laughs> Nice. Um, and then... Here, I'll do my best to sell it. Yeah. You tell me how, but the, the, um, the specific batch or whatever you want to say that we've yeah. been enjoying is the Amador double barrel. So this is a, uh, finished in, uh, a Chardonnay barrel. So the breakdown is 65% corn, mm-hmm. 20% wheat, 15% barley that gets us to 86 proof. So yeah. it's three years in a charred Oak barrel. Mm-hmm. Then you pull that out and then it goes to a Chardonnay barrel for the last nine to 12 months. So that's roughly, i right about four years Mm -hmm. in a barrel. Um, That's where you get the definition of double double barrel, barrel, uh, which I did not know until me and you talked through it. Um, And I believe Kurt done a really good job of explaining it. Um, You don't want to overpower it with the Chardonnay or wine at the end. It does not. It just does enough to kind of cut the, 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 bitterness or whatever you would have a lot with a lot of whiskeys it's it's just smooth start and then it's got a finish that's like i don't know it's fruity but it's not like no. you know
1: crazy no. it's just it just picks up the right amount. so i think a couple things here that i really like you you'd mentioned i didn't realize that the wheat kind of you said it kind of softens the flavor right oh yeah rye uh, will, rye will make it spicier okay wheat gives it that softer finish okay and and again i i believe also, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, the the mellowing in the second barrel also kind of takes some of the bite off, it, yes. it, some of the flavor that you get from the Chardonnay. Mm-hmm. So it's a very smooth drinking whiskey. It doesn't have that bite at the end. You know, people that are, are afraid of powerful yeah. uh, booze, they yeah. they don't, they like kind of recoil. Yeah, I, I think those people would enjoy this. Yet at the same time, I don't mind the bite of a bourbon but i love this bourbon yeah i love the smoothness of it
2: i I mentioned earlier i said expressions right plural so the first one we're talking about is our it's our main go-to this is it's our it's our chardonnay finish weeded bourbon okay so if you're not a wine drinker okay so we're we're a big wine company too right so it's just it makes sense for us to, to finish this in in wine barrels If you're not a wine drinker okay that doesn't matter the wine barrel aging doesn't give it wine flavor components necessarily okay chardonnay chardonnay for a wine it's got toasty kind of nutty flavor and and aromas in it it softens the bourbon right we age it for 9 to 12 months in those chardonnay barrels after we do it for three years in kentucky we ship it to california we finish it for 9 to 12 months in those chardonnay barrels helps mellow the bourbon helps give it those those kind of toasty nutty aromas it's I mean, I mean, we've been sipping it here. It's amazing in an old fashioned, if you like Manhattan, those classic cocktails. I, I've got three kids under under ten years old, so usually when they go to bed, I'm too lazy to even making old fashioned. Okay. So I just like to drink it straight. But right. it's it's amazing in those cocktails too, for sure.
1: Okay, so the, the other thing you, you mentioned, it's that it's it's very subtle. The Chardonnay yeah. flavor is subtle. Yes. I get it more on the nose. Mm-hmm. is when you lift it up. To your mouth, you get the, a little bit of a Chardonnay note, but yeah. you don't taste so much of the Chardonnay note.
2: Yeah, a little bit of vanilla, a little bit of the nuttiness, those toasty aromas. Yeah, it all comes together really nice.
0: Um, and then talking about the old fashions, um, I'm typically a too old-fashioned guy, and usually I just stop at that point. But if I you know, continue on, that's when I get lazy. But anyways, um, my coworker, who's a great dude and lives in Kentucky, and of course, uh, when you live in Kentucky... Uh, you by nature are a a bourbon person that knows a ton about bourbon. He does. And he does know a ton. Um, Something that he told me was uh, don't ever use, you know, a a high price bourbon. If you're going to make old fashions, because you know, you're so, and then I was told the, the basic, or the, uh, uh, how old fashioned started, how they came about, is it was a hangover drink for people that were hungover, (laughs) that they would mix in the the sugar and fruit in with it to basically, you know, hair of the dog type of deal. So he said, by that nature, you know, don't mix in expensive stuff. Um, He uses wild turkey, and honestly, wild Mm -hmm. turkey is not a bad bourbon at its price point, uh, for what it is, but, um, um, so I started doing that, right? But then I got lazy at one point because I ran out of the cheap stuff and I used uh, Amador for a old (laughs) fashioned going from the lower level bourbon to the upper level bourbon in your old fashioned. I'm sorry, but (laughs) that was one of the best old fashions I'd had in a long time. So I, I mean, I know I know I'm being, you know, maybe over overly complimentary, but it's really good. By itself, it maybe is even better in an old-fashioned because of the, the fruit that's there.
2: If you're going to take the time to make it, at the end of the day, I say do what you want. That's, a, that's what it's all about, right? You're going to have people that tell you, you got to drink it this way. It's supposed to smell this way. It's supposed to taste this way. Everybody's palates, everybody's nose is different. Enjoy it the way you want to enjoy it. I will draw the line though. Do not mix this with Coke. Okay, that's, so we'll draw the line there. So that's fair, but fair enough. Um, but yeah, it's you know old fashioned Manhattans, Boulevard-y is those classic, old school cocktails. It's it's amazing with those for sure.
0: Ward, were you listening there? Do not mix it with Coke. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bu- mutual friend of uh, Vegas sportsbook guy. And there you I, go. Uh, so
2: the the so the Chardonnay weeded bourbon finish. That's our that's our main signature one. Expression number two, which we have here is our caber- Cabernet finish, okay? So you know, I, I mentioned earlier mash bill, right? So what we do with this one, this one's a little bit of price point above, it steps up, but it's a little bit of a higher corn, so you still get that sweetness. But we put rye into the mash bill now too. Rye gives it a little bit of a spicy component to it. And then we're finishing it in Napa Valley Cabernet barrels, okay? Cabernet, big, bold, dry red wine um it you can see it in the color it brings out this kind of really nice looking reddish color you get a little bit of like a a cherry aroma to it but again the purpose of aging it in the um in the cabernet barrels softens it gives it like that that nice vanilla component
1: softens it just makes it a smooth drinker it's a beautiful dark color as compared to the the chardonnay one there's a a noticeable difference much Mm -hmm. darker uh much darker color and and uh Colorblind here, but it looks reddish to me. Yeah, but it's a little reddish. And
0: it, yeah, absolutely. It's okay. more, it's uh, more reddish than the the Chardonnay barrel finish. um Seventy-two percent corn. That's is that pretty high? Yeah, it bumps it up a little bit. Okay. So you still right. get
2: that that nice, smooth, sweet uh, flavor you look for. But adding the rye to it gives a little bit of a spicy component. It's 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 really really cool what we did with that one. And this one's bottled at ninety proof too. So a lot of those those whiskey nuts out there. You get over ninety proof, you know, then it starts opening their eyes a little bit. So a little bit of a higher proof, which means
0: alcohol content's a little higher. So give me a little nip of that. Uh. <laughs> the and then, tab. And then <laughs> speaking of speaking of how uh, everybody enjoys their bourbon, um, Kurt is he, he drinks it neat about ninety five percent of the time, something like that.
1: At home I'll throw one
0: one cube. cube. Just to...
1: And by the way, it's impossible. To get one cube at a bar.
0: No. They can't so I, pull that off. The
1: only way I can do it is give me an ice water and a neat bourbon. And then I take a there. cube and I put it into my bourbon.
0: I have done that same thing. Like, I don't trust them. I'm the only one that knows the correct cube to, to booze
1: mixture. So you have to take matters in your own If hand. you ask for one, sometimes you get it on the rocks. Sometimes you get five to seven cubes you never get one cube <laughs> Dude, that's nice. the trials and tribulations but... <laughs> of Big Kurt man for sure <laughs> uh,
0: that's fantastic but anyways you know I, I think you can enjoy it over ice cube neat whatever I, that, that's to to each their own and i'll like say those. the
1: chardonnay one is so smooth drinking i don't i don't think i'd even have a cube in that one no. i think i would just drink that one neat
2: no we did we did bourbon is the key with that one for sure um again those bourbon drinkers out there they're they'll know what, what a good weeded, weeded bourbon tastes like. And it just gives it that awesome smooth finish, man. It's it's just so, so good. So
0: Yeah, all right. Um, what else? And then expression number three, we okay. don't
2: have it here at the tail. Again, I mentioned earlier how, how brand new we're rolling this right. stuff out. I haven't even got a sample bottle of the stuff yet, which is, is pretty cool. This one's going to be a little more allocated, stepped up on price point, even a little more, but it's our rye whiskey finish, okay? And, and again, rye whiskey drinkers, they love it, right? Big spicy components that go into it, and this one, our rye whiskey finish is finished in port barrels. If you don't know what port barrels are, it's a dessert wine. Okay, has big kind of jammy flavors on it. So you you finish it in in those port barrels, just really makes a, a unique bourbon. So,
0: so in each sense, uh, chardonnay to to a cab to a port, like you're going. Three you're, totally getting thicker, different you're getting thicker yeah. and deeper on the, on the yeah, wines themselves. Totally so, yeah, three totally different wines.
2: Chardonnay, white wine, mellows it out, gives it a nice fresh finish. Cabernet, you're going to start getting a little bit of those, of those red wine components. Port, big high alcohol dessert wine, even more intense flavors that go into it. You throw it into a, a whiskey that's a high rye whiskey like this one. Get something really unique and really cool so this one will be a little bit more of a uh an allocated bourbon you know our production on these are all small batch whiskeys again this is why we we ask the eyes on big listeners to go out ask for it lean on us we'll help you find it um you know we we want you guys to enjoy this it's going to be pretty cool so and the more the more we can get the listeners behind the whiskey the more we can give you guys and and do some fun things, you guys have some great cool plans this fall. You guys are doing which are brand new. You guys can continue to grow. Um, so we're we're super excited to be in with you guys this year.
0: I mean, basically, what we're ask, asking our listeners to do is two things. Uh, number one, keep listening to the podcast and sharing it with <laughs> with friends and family. You know that that's yeah. that's what we've, we've only been asking for that for three straight years. And then drink bourbon. I mean, what are we? We're not asking much here. We right? don't ask much. No, yeah. L- listen and drink. That's it. That's all, that's all we got to do. And drink Ammon or bourbon. That's yeah, what yeah, we yeah. Want. yeah. Both yeah. are enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. I, I like to listening
1: so. to the eyes on big <laughs> and drinking bourbon. Both enjoyable. Easy so. on the
0: ears, easy on the mouth. <laughs> nice. There it is, man. Anything else? Go Gophers. Roll the boat, Skyima.
1: Oh man, he had to just kind to of throw that. But and... you didn't sprint out of the room. <laughs> I thought that's the the end of that one. I'll put, I'll put my <laughs> shoes on. I'll
2: go. I'll
1: go. <laughs> amateur whiskey go. in hand, I will sprint out of here. Okay, so you're you're saying at the, the two eyes on big events upcoming yes. at the week zero game, yes, Nebraska, Illinois, and then Minnesota, Ohio State, yep. we're gonna have some samples at the, the tailgate. Yeah, Is we that, will
2: have we will have amateur whiskey there, so anybody that, that wants to come and, and sample it out will you know, that's what we're there for. Fantastic
0: so. Responsibly of of age, of Of course, course. like we we, not, not to jerk around with that. Like that, that will be the the case. So no doubt. Um, and then I think our only other thing that we have to discuss is, so obviously, you know, we'll keep bringing it up, and we have a lifetime supply of Amador whiskey, right? That's 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 what we
1: that, that's the agreement, right? We've, we've got it in the fine print. We'll, we'll hash those details out later. I, I'm going to go home and watch the, the Kramer episode yeah. where he gets the free cafe lattes yeah. he's sprinting down Columbus Avenue. Yeah, that's it. All right.
0: We all good here, guys? All right. This has been uh, the Eyes on Big podcast brought to you by the Amador Whiskey Company. I am Jeffrey the Great and I'm Big Kurt. Thank you very much for listening. We'll talk to you soon.